we're going through on Wednesday evenings and a few other times as well, we're going through some cultural issues, um, issues related to the cultural war. Um, the path of our Lord Jesus and the path of the world will never be the same. And Paul mentions this in Romans 12 and 2 when he says, um, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so there are uh, trends and habits and practices that the world takes on and begins to push upon us. And we've talked about a few of these back toward the beginning of the year. Homosexuality was one of our topics. We also have uh, tackled abortion on one Sunday evening. Last week, um, we got into what the cultural does, the world does with worship in regard to praise teams and, and choirs and, and special um, uh, singers. Even on our beloved Hallmark Channel, there's a practice that is just commonplace. And it's as evil as anything on this earth. And that is the drinking of alcohol. It's commonplace. Even when you look, if you're looking at a movie on Hallmark, the most, most clean, most well-behaved people, when, when they're ready to relax, you just watch them. They all go to the table, and out comes the beverages. Out comes the, the nice little glass and it has uh, a drink in it. Okay, not just, uh, not, not a Sprite, you know. And um, it's just commonplace. So the cultural issue tonight is uh, social drinking. Social drinking. I was reading a, a, a man's article the other day and He's a member of the church. He lives out in Texas. I don't. From what he writes, he, he doesn't seem to be uh, trying to stay with the Bible. Uh, but he brought up this issue, and he told of a story when he was much younger, and he just began. To, he, he was. He's more of a journalist than he is a, a, a Bible teacher. Uh, he's more interested in gathering people's thoughts than he is having a conviction. Uh, and so he travels the country looking for uh, religious stories. And um, he grew up in the South, what he calls the Bible Belt. But to get a story, to do a story, he had to go to the northeast part of the country. Uh, New Jersey, I think, is where he went. He said that while there doing a, a work, he was invited as he visited a local church of Christ. He was invited by the elders and preachers to a little special dinner. And sure enough, if they didn't bring out the alcoholic beverage after uh, supper, then, and it shocked him at that time because uh, he grew up in the South. He said there was no drinking, at, not even mentioned in his house. Nobody ever at church ever mentioned doing this in a social way. But then there he was in the midst of it. He says now it doesn't shock him as much. No. Is it shocking to you? 
is, do you, have you run into it? I have, um, even among a few brethren in attending uh, weddings over the years, um, the, the aftermath, the reception of uh, a couple of weddings that come to mind, uh, not only was there a little dancing, but there was also uh, some beverages brought out that were very uh, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And so um, evidently there are some that don't uh, have a problem with social drinking. So what I'm going to do uh, with you is to um, just state what I believe is a pretty strong case against strong social drinking. And then notice uh, some attempts to justify it, and of course, as always, to invite your uh, participation as we move along. Okay. And so let's begin a case against social drinking in Proverbs uh, 23. Proverbs 23. Notice, if you will... Beginning in verse uh, 29, Proverbs 23, 29. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who tarry long over wine. Those who go to try mixed wine. In verse 31, Proverbs 23, 31. Notice the inspired writer says, Do not look at the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, and when it goes down smoothly. Don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. That's under, and the Proverbs is associated with the Old Testament law, the law of Moses. But when you jump over to the New Testament, uh, things don't get less strict. Okay? Holiness to God, uh, dedication to God, is expected to be even at a greater level under the new covenant, under our time. Uh, because of the vast amount of knowledge that we have, the history of God that we have, and this is pretty much stated. If you look over to uh, Acts chapter 17 with me, jump way over there. Acts 17, as Paul is bringing some of his words to a conclusion in the city of Athens, um, he had been looking at their idolatry. Notice what he says, Proverbs, um, Acts 17, verse, I'll begin in verse 29, Acts 17, 29. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of this ignorance God overlooked. Winked at. But now, but now, he commands all men everywhere to repent. There's a certain level of expectation that is greater toward those under the new covenant than what than has been in times past. Acts 14 also, you recall that 
Paul and Barnabas and Elisha, the people try to make gods out of them to lift them up above other men. Acts 14, 15, beginning, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature, like passion as you, and we bring to you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven, the earth, and the sea, and all that's therein. And in past generations, God allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself uh, without witness. Notice what he's saying there from verse 15 to verse 16. He says, verse 16, he says, now, God tolerated this. God has been very patient with mankind over the years. But now it's, turn, it's time to turn away from these vain things. And so, uh, I, I, it's not just about idolatry, but it's about all things that are wrong and all things that are right. God expects us uh, living now, those, especially those of us having the privilege and opportunity to learn of the scriptures. Uh, he expects much more of us. So if he says in Proverbs 23, 31... Don't, do not look at the wine when it's red. I don't think he's going to lessen that uh, instruction uh, over in our day uh, today. Okay. That's just my thinking in, in those terms. Okay. Turn with me now over in the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm reading here from the English Standard Version, but beginning in verse 1 through uh, 3, 1 Peter 4, beginning in verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So as to live for the rest of our time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. The time that has passed suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. So that's all part of the past. Now notice those two, particularly two things in regard to drinking here. He says drunkenness, that's someone who has thrown themselves into drinking. But also a different word there is drinking parties. This is more along the line of social drinking. This is when people are not getting drunk per se, but they've got it available. They're enjoying, they are drinking in order to take a little of the stress away. They're, they're looking for a little glow or a buzz. That's what drinking parties means there. It's like uh, cocktails or something like that after uh, dinner. Okay. And so Peter comes out against that um, in no uncertain terms. There in First Peter. Okay. So now uh, let's take our Bibles and go back to First Corinthians uh, chapter six. Let's jump back to Paul's letter to First Corinthians. Looking at chapter six, familiar uh, verses here, verses nine through. Uh, 11 or 9 and 10. 
1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now you see drunkards there. Okay. But look at the other things in the list and ask yourselves, you know, which of those practices besides the drinking, which of those practices, practices do you think God wants us to practice um, a little in? Would he want us to, to be uh, practicing a little bit in idolatry? Would he want us to take partake uh, a little bit of fornication, a little bit of adultery? Is, you know, being a thief on, in a small degree, not full-time, is, is it okay to be greedy uh, to a small degree? Uh, you know, is it okay to be a swindler every once in a while? In other words, the idea, of course, is to stay away from all of this. That's, that's the natural reading of that, including the drinking. Okay. Many who argue for the uh, social drinking will say, well, I'm not getting drunk. Okay. But this is not the way that reads here. Okay. God, God doesn't want us to be participating in any of this. And he does, can you imagine encouraging someone? Would you encourage someone uh, to be part of any uh, of the list to any degree. Uh, look at uh, chapter 5, same book, verse uh, 11. 1 Corinthians five eleven. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he's guilty of fornication or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler. Uh, no, not to eat, not to even eat with such a one. Again, would we encourage someone to participate in, in um, uh, fornication uh, occasionally? You know, as long as they're not, um, they're not a full-time fornicator. Uh, would we want someone to be greedy, uh, at least to some degree? You know? I just think that the natural reading of that is that God wants us to stay away from from that similar list is found with the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Very similar list, similar ideal uh, there. All right. Let's look at um, one more New Testament passage, and I'll, I'll just see what you say about this. Uh, 1 Timothy 5, verse 23. 1 Timothy 5, and 23, where Paul is... Um, Encouraging Timothy to take a drink. Giving him several little general commands here. Um, pieces of advice you might say. First Timothy 5.23 He says, No longer drink water only, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your, and your constant ailments. Timothy had some, Timothy had some, you know, like, like many of us do, he has some things going on in his body. And, and um, you know, the water in different places is not always good water. And Paul felt like that the water was 
causing some of Timothy's uh, stomach problems. So take a little wine. I think the word wine here is something stronger than just grape juice in this, in this verse. When you look at the word wine in the Bible, it can refer simply straight to grape juice, or it can be the fermented of wine, and I think that's what he's encouraging Timothy to take here. Why is this a case against social drinking? Because he's having to tell Timothy to do this. Timothy had refused uh, so far uh, the, the strong drink was available. But it seems to me that Timothy had stayed away from it because he was trying to be a good influence uh, for Christ. You know? And so Paul had to instruct him, say, it's okay you to uh, take this because this will help your your ailments. Okay. And strong drink is has been known to, to help um, clean you know help in stomach issues uh, as especially. Okay. So uh, the fact that Paul had to tell him means uh, to me that uh, Timothy had not been partaking. Okay. Timothy wanted to refuse to stay away from you know uh, he's teaching, he's teaching the gospel. There are many uh, things in the Old Testament, many passages, many teachings that stay, stay away from strong drink, you know. Uh, and so he's doing as he should do, Timothy is, in regard to this. And, and Paul said, you know, go ahead and do this. So I think that makes good sense. Now what would you say... What would you add to, if you're making a case against social drinking, what would you add to what's been said so far? You can't be sober-minded drinking alcohol. All right. And a brother kept saying, well, he's a preacher. And he kept saying, well, the Bible doesn't say that. I said twice, all two times. You've got to be sober-minded. Can you tell me you're sober-minded when you're drinking? So let's look at that idea. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. Mike was bringing up uh, the constant uh, constant commands in the New Testament to be uh, self-controlled and sober-minded. And if you look at 1 Timothy 3 verse 2, uh, the instruction there is for those mature, Okay, anyone uh, seeking to be mature in Christ, it's a list of Things uh, required for elders, but as we all know, that's just simply a list uh, for maturity. It's, it's required of all of us to uh, take on these characteristics. And two of them would be uh, to be self-controlled and to be sober-minded. And you can look up the rest of them. There are several passages that bring out soberness. But that would be part of um, one of the main ideas against social drinking. Two. All right. It's a good while, thought. While we're here in first Timothy three, you know how I like to play devil's advocate. verse you just read chapter three, verse three, not giving the wine, which is a qualification for the bishop, however, qualification for gifting in verse uh, eight it says not giving too much wine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 1 Timothy 3, 3, translation says, not to be a drunkard. 
paragraph, not to be given to wine. First okay, Timothy 3.8 says, not addicted to much wine. Okay, that's what this one says. Is that about what yours says there? Not, not given to wine, and not given to much wine? Yeah. So, what's your, what are your, what's your question? How do you what? How do you I mean, yeah. As a deacon, they're saying you can have X amount. Yeah. As long as it's not much. Yeah. Well, the 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 two ideas there is, God doesn't want His people. He wants them to grow to maturity. He doesn't want them to be addicted or given over to anything like alcohol. And so simply saying that doesn't mean you can have a little of it. What you know, simply saying I don't want you to be addicted to wine doesn't mean you can have some. Right? Okay, well, don't stop that. You said you're playing devil advocate, so. All right. So, what word did you use there? Oinos. The Greek word for wine is O I N O S, which can mean either fermented nor fermented. Right, it can mean either but one. If it's not fermented, how, why would it matter how much you drink? Right, I think he's definitely talking about the fermented kind here in 1 Timothy 3. If somebody said to you, um, Christians should not be given to, um, uh, not, they should not be drug addicts. Okay. If you just said that to somebody, that would be true, wouldn't it? Christians should not be drug addicts. You shouldn't be given to drugs. Okay. I mean, recreational drugs, you know what I mean. Okay. So, if you said that to somebody, would you be saying to them, a, little, a few of them is okay. A little cocaine is okay. Just don't be given to it. Is that what you would... You wouldn't mean that, right? You wouldn't mean... To me, no. Okay. I, I said that to somebody else. They would say I'm comparing apples to oranges. Mm-hmm. Because in their... The South is... I don't know... I mean, there's a lot of people here that's been outside of the South, like you were saying. You go out But di- what I'm saying to you, what I would say to them is, there's basically no difference between the two statements in, first, in early First Timothy three and later in First Timothy three with the elders and deacons. It's just simply saying, and it's the same basic same language in the Greek: don't be addicted to wine. Okay. That's all. That's all it's saying. It's not. It's not making a difference between the two statements. Okay. No mature person should be addicted to anything. That's going to um, um, do things to their mind and body. Go ahead, Brother Tim. In uh, Ecclesiastes 7.17, Solomon said this, Do not be overly wicked. So, using that same logic, 
So, statement from Ecclesiastes 7, 17, don't be overly wicked. Okay. So, yeah. So, we don't. Okay. Well, there's, there's, there was quite a bit of difference from what we look at as alcoholic beverage today and what they would have as fermented wine. I have to, what I'm saying today, we've got to be very careful when we read the scripture to say absolutely zero because anyone with any historical knowledge is going to say, no, it can't mean that because it wasn't possible back then for probably over half a year. It wasn't possible. They didn't have refrigerators, and they didn't fly grapes in from Argentina when it was wintertime uh, in Alabama. It just wasn't an option. Yeah. So we have to be very careful in our language and how we use these scriptures. Well, maybe so, but um, I wouldn't go all the way with you on that. I know. We've had this discussion. Before. Okay. So just because Aaron says something doesn't necessarily mean it's exactly on. Um, but, I mean, he makes a good point. There's quite a bit of good difference between... Their fermented wine and our alcoholic beverage today. Okay, theirs was much more diluted with water, yes. much more lighter. Okay, and somehow suggested Paul, since we bring this up, that perhaps that's why Paul in that second statement said, "Don't be given too much wine because it would take much more to become non-sober than it would with us today." Yes. Is, that, is that better on that? Exactly. Now, I don't know if that carries through all the way, because in the Greek language, there's not much difference between the two phrases there in 1 Timothy 3, but uh, I'm not going to make an argument. I'm not going to argue about it either. As long as we're coming to the conclusion we need to stay away from the wine when it's red, then... I think another factor that enters into this discussion is the matter of example, and it goes... thing is, we, we've got to be 
So Larry's thrown in the importance of example, and that certainly is um, very true, very true in regard to this um, social drinking. You know, that, that, that helps us in our case as well. So good, uh, good comments, you know, the soberness and the example, and then the differences in the wines. But I think the reason it's mentioned so often is that God wants us to just stay away from it. Um, regardless of the strength of it. If it's turning red, he wants us uh, to be away from it. So, um, well, not until I make my next one, because I I was on a thought there. So when I stop, you know, bad sometimes. So let let me finish my thought here. Um, and I thought of it along along the line of Larry the type of thing we're talking about here as with most sins is it doesn't stay still the sin doesn't stay still Um, it's a very 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 uh, dangerous thing even if a person came to a conclusion and said well I can have um, an alcoholic beverage once a week okay well, that alcoholic beverage and the devil in there, too, will not let that lay still. Okay. That will become more than just that. Um, in, if you look at back in Proverbs uh, 23, in fact, let's turn our Bibles back there for just a minute. And Mike, I'll, I'll give you the chance here. I just wanted to finish this. If you look at Proverbs uh, 23 in the area we were in a minute ago, He says, um, do not look at the wine when it's red, Proverbs 23, 31, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. In the end, notice this, in the end what happens? It bites like a serpent and it stings like an adder. Your eyes will start seeing strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea and like one who lies on top of a mass. It just, the fact is, it'll just take you further than you ever imagined. And that's not just, it's all those lists of sins from 1 Corinthians and from Galatians and 1 Corinthians 5, whether it's fornication, whether it's greed, whatever it is, sin doesn't lay still. And the devil doesn't just stop. If we declare to the devil, I can handle a little of this, whatever it is, you know, he's not going to let that keep him from coming at you. And most of the time, it goes further. And so that's, that's the idea I wanted to share there. Okay. That's what it's referring to back in verse 19 through 21. Okay, read that for Hear my son and be wise and guide your heart in the way. Do not mix with wine beverage or with gluttonous feeders of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and the drowsiness will clothe a man with rags. Okay, so that's back in verses 19 and 21, same, same chapter. Go ahead, brother. Again, back over to 1 Peter chapter 6, many of those sins, like what Larry said, uh, your example, what you're associated with, I think we can all understand what usually drink and associated with. Exactly what alcohol is not giving. Right. And, uh, matter of fact, alcohol is very well 
itself, but it leads you into doing other things. Good points. Great, great point there on, on the fact alcohol is also often involved in these other sins listed. Okay, and when you said that, it reminded me, I saw an interview of a young lady actor one time. And she, she was popular at that time, and they were interviewing her, and she had done a scene in a movie that she had never done before, and that is getting in the bed with another woman. And she, they were talking about that in this interview. And she, they said, well, how did you do that? She said, well, we, we got our wine out. And she said, before we did that scene, we just sat there and talked and got our wine and we drank. And we all got really relaxed. And after that, it was okay. It, was pretty, it wasn't that hard to do. You know? And so, very good point. That's, that's actual, that's true to, to life. That's what happens. You, know? you let your guard down. One drink drunk.
So there's several factors in there. We can't compare ourselves to them. We can't compare ourselves. The Bible says, stay away from it. Stay away from it. But the people over there in their day and time, they have a different tolerance of what we have. All right. So that kind of lays out the idea of case against it. I don't think it's hard to make a case against it. Okay. Uh, especially if um, if we're growing as Christians and we don't want to, we don't want to do anything that would inhibit our ability to influence others. Um, that just, uh, we won't stay away from it. But there have been attempts to justify, you guys have mentioned a couple of uh, things, you know, the um, the writer of this article I was, I was reading, at the very end, he quotes some fellow from somewhere who said that, well, if if the Lord didn't want us to social drink, then uh, Jesus wouldn't have made that wine at that wedding. So therefore, you know, social drinks, okay. Say and what we're doing. Okay. If I go into work tomorrow <coughs> and, I, and the boys are talking about drinking the weekend, they want nobody to turn their head. But if I tell them I drunk one tonight, they'll break their neck and turn around with Because they know what you, you stand for. Good point. Good point. The way you talk and by not drinking has a lot to do with the kind of influence you'll have. Good point. Well, I didn't. Um, I didn't think that we would be able to tackle everything there is about social drinking in this little time period. Okay. But I think it was important to discuss it anyway uh, for us to get some principles in mind. There are a lot. You can. There's a lot of studies that have been done. Um, a lot of good books written on just on this subject. Okay. Um, W.D. Jeffcoat. I don't think he, I think he's passed away now, but he's a faithful preacher among us. He wrote a book called uh, The Bible and Social Drinking. And if you never get that book, you need to get it. Because he did detailed studies uh, from the front to the back of the Bible and cultural and... Um, so I wasn't dreaming that we'd be able to get into all those details, but I think there are some principles, and you guys have mentioned most of them, that would certainly, we need to be teaching our children, and certainly would keep us away uh, from strong drink. So we'll mention something about Jesus and the wedding in John 2 as we extend the invitation here in just a moment. Let's talk about a five-minute break.